With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. All right, folks, what's up and welcome in. It is Hardwood Handicappers on Monday, January 8th. Zach Cohen alongside. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel. And we've got basketball today. Now, whether it's entertaining basketball, that remains to be seen. And uh, frankly, I don't, I don't want to speak for you, Zach, but I will. I think you and I both and pretty much everybody else in the country might be a little distracted later tonight with the national championship between Michigan and Washington. Uh, what, do you, uh, what do you got in that game? I have Washington plus the points, and I also put a little on the money line, too. I mean, I'm a little nervous. It feels like Michigan's like the sharp side, but... I don't know. Like, I, I just don't think that they have the passing game to, to, to throw with Penix Jr. And I do think that Washington's the better coach team. No, I agree. So I'm on Washington as well. Yep. And you are right in that Washington is the sharp side. But I do think it's an interesting sports betting conversation. And we can tie it into basketball. Because, frankly, the market shapers have been wrong this year in many different aspects. And kind of licking your finger and testing the wind and looking at those who shape the market, it seems like it's been a uh, a different and difficult season for some of those out there. Mm-hmm. And what I think is interesting in something like this is, like we're talking about a Washington team. So part of my logic too is I've been betting them since like the Pac-12 championship game, right? I was yep. like, you know what? Nine and a half is too much. Four and a half is too much. I'm coming back here and sure, like I'll ride. I'll ride or die because it's not like I'm just jumping on the bandwagon after one game. I've been here for a little bit now. And I do think that there's something to be said of the market just kind of being wrong sometimes. So we'll see if that comes to fruition. But I think very clearly in the postseason, for including the Pac-12 championship game, the market's been wrong on Washington. And I was on doing local radio. We had a handicapper on, and he used the word, um, it would be miraculous if Washington won the national championship. And I was like, I like I like, we're still thinking this about this team? Come on. You know? It's ridiculous because Oregon, I think, was one of the top five teams in the country and they beat them twice. So I do think that yes. like towards the end of the season, Penix Jr. was clearly dealing with an injury that he is no longer dealing with. He's looked like a completely different yep. guy. So yeah, I think this is a really good uh, a really good price for Washington. I do think it's it's a really poorly kept secret that Harbaugh is going to the NFL next week. So how is he sure. preparing and how are these guys feeling about that being probably a reality? Right. He's on, he's got a, he's got a foot out the door. Um, and it's hard to, I think, look at your team and go, Hey man, who's got it better than us. Right. <laughs> and like, Oh, all this stuff. And by the way, I'm out of here in a week. So yeah. well, yeah, we'll see We'll see if that works. All right. Uh, really quickly before we move to a very short card tonight, uh, as always, we'll ask the question. And I think I know what the answer to this question is, but uh, what were you watching last night, Zach? Because <laughs> there was a, a pretty decent slate of NBA action yesterday. Uh, I had my eyes on, and I know because we were bothering you with text messages because I don't think you were watching it, but uh, I was watching Clippers and Lakers yesterday. Uh, were you watching anything yesterday at all during the last week of the NFL regular season? I was watching Hawks Magic, which was an awesome game. Okay. I had Trey Young over points, so I was, I was kind there. of sweating that out. Got there. Got the uh, alternate line in overtime, too. Uh, that was a really good game. And then I watched the Suns blow that lead against the Grizzlies. Fourth quarter woes continue. They're the worst fourth quarter team in the NBA, according to the net rating, and it's not even really close. It's just 
a nightmare. And uh, I was kind of keeping tabs on like watching on my phone Raptors Warriors because it, I told you it was, it was like a 27 point game that got down to nine at one point and then Toronto pulled back away. But I didn't watch Clippers Lakers, so I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about that. Yeah, uh, really quickly. So I did a hit on Phoenix Radio today, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And um, they were very heated about the, the Phoenix Suns and what's been going on. <laughs> So and they asked me, like, essentially, like, can you invest in them from a futures perspective? And my answer was, I mean, if you tell me that the big three are going to be available, then sure. But yeah. we haven't seen them enough. And I even told them, I was like, it's it's actually kind of right poetic that they're taking on the Clippers today because the Clippers are the exact same. We're in the exact same scenario. When you see them together, the statistical returns are dominant. You know, with their big three on the floor, I think we're looking at, do I still have this pulled up? Yeah, plus 20.4 net rating. And an offensive rating of 133.1. Like, those are really good. The problem is, according to Cleaning the Glass, you got 178 possessions worth of those big three on the floor together. Yeah. And that's the problem. So, I think it's twofold, right? It's availability. And two, I'll ask you, what, what do you see in these fourth quarters? Because you're right. Uh, dead last in fourth quarter net rating and by a mile. Uh, they have a negative 14.6 net rating in the fourth quarter this season. Do you know, by the way, who's 29th? Just a real quick bit of trivia. I do not know who's 29th. Is it <laughs> shockingly enough, the Miami Heat are 29th. Oh, wow. Now they've been really injured, so I guess that makes some sense, but I figured they'd be well coached enough to overcome something like that. So all right, what do you make of the fourth quarters and the fact that, like, you know, just the, the availability is always going to be a question with this team? I mean, the bench has just been horrible. So anytime you have leftover minutes where there's like one guy on the court instead, you know, instead of two, something like that. I think the lack of urgency has been really killing them. Like they had chances towards the end of the game to make it a two possession game and really kind of put it away. And they just, they don't run good sets. They, they just kind of, honestly, like they kind of like lollygag up and down the floor. Yeah. Like they just don't really take the games that seriously. Like you see it in spurts. And it really gets them because the other team realizes there's a chance to come back in. They just play it much harder. So I think they just really need to meet the effort level of their opponent. But yeah, like you said, like it's hard to really worry as long as those three guys are out there. The offense looks so good with the three of them. Uh, and like I kind of just view like any game that the three of them play without getting hurt as a win. But yep. they do need to figure out a rotation at some point soon because the bench stuff is just a nightmare. I don't think the bench is as bad as it looks. And I think they need to figure that out. Yeah, and when I think it's a bench that's been, like you mentioned, overextended, right? So it looks bad because they're playing roles that they probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. And if everybody's going to be available and healthy, and then you're going to be able to stagger the guys as you would see fit if you're Frank Vogel and all that, then I think the bench units would probably look a little bit better. So they will take on the Los Angeles Clippers today, a game that I watched. And I, I think, frankly, yesterday, so they lose to the Los Angeles Lakers 106-103. Uh, to it was by far the worst game that this Clippers team has played. It was kind of weird, kind of odd and lackadaisical. Kawhi Leonard arguably had his worst game of the season yesterday. He had 15 points, eight rebounds, two assists on six to 17 shooting. Had a bunch of weird turnovers. There was a kind of a sequence near the end in the fourth quarter where, I'd say about halfway through the fourth quarter, but they run the same play twice where they're trying to get him on Austin Reeves at the free throw line, like right at that pin and trying to get him to go to his spot the first time he like is kind of lazy with the ball and Reeves kind of strips him a bit. And like, you know, it goes back the other way and then they run it again. And then he just does like this little hop step to the right and just clanks a, a jumper. There was another sequence where he had it um, on the low block and he got stripped by, I think it was Torian Prince and he didn't even go after it. And he was like, nah, that's off them. And then they were like, no, it's Lakers ball. And then he, he tells Tyloo to challenge it. Tyloo challenges it. It's clear as day that it's not off of him. It was a really weird game for Kawhi Leonard. And then you get the weirdest sequence yesterday 
which is it is a one point game, Zach and Anthony Davis. They run a play, they run a play for Anthony Davis. They went to this multiple times. They ran an AD pick and roll where they got him the ball in the elbow, and you know he did his patented little elbow jumper, and he hits it, and it makes it. I think it's either it was like either ninety six ninety three or ninety three ninety, but it was a three point game after this, right? With about two and a half minutes left to go, Tyloo calls a timeout, and then Terrence Mann comes in for Kawhi Leonard with two and a half minutes left to go in a three point game. And I'm like, wait a minute, what? There's what is happening? I texted you guys. I was like, I I think Kawhi Leonard's hurt. Like, there's no, it makes no sense that they would do something like this. It comes out afterward that he's quote uh, close to his minutes restriction, and we're on a back to back. So I figured that you know we got to get him out of there from Ty Lue, which is weird because it's only two and a half minutes. Like, I don't know what the thinking is. And then he puts him back in with 16 seconds <laughs> left. In a one, it was so weird. It, it was a bad loss for the Clippers. It looked pretty lackadaisical. I was texting with Doug Kazarian. I agree with him. It looked like they actually just didn't take the Lakers seriously. Mm-hmm. It looked like they thought they were going to walk in there and smoke this team that they had won 11 to 12 against with Ty Lue. But it was a weird sequence, and I don't know what to do because that's kind of odd to watch that happen with Kawhi Leonard. And, like, can you trust this team now, like, doing this funky nonsense again with Kawhi Leonard in his minutes? Yeah, I saw him after the game saying that it was a minutes restriction, and he said that I think you guys are playing five of eight or something, yeah. uh, five and eight days. But, yeah, it's a tricky situation. I think that both teams, the injury report's going to be really interesting tonight, which is why I can't even touch the uh, Suns-Clippers game. But-, but here's the thing. Here's my logic behind this, right? If you're pulling him with two minutes left, because I agree, at, at first when I saw this game, when I was like, okay, they're playing tomorrow, got to wait for the injury report. No, I should go out and lay this, right? Because you pulled him for a reason. Yeah. If he's on a minutes restriction and you're mentioning the reasoning is, oh, it's you know it's a front end of a back-to-back, well, that means he's playing tomorrow. So he better yeah. not be popping up as questionable, right? Or, or not playing because if he doesn't play tonight, Zach, then what's the point of taking him out? He can play an extra two minutes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it should mean that. It's just it's wild. It's just it's just hard to trust these people like with with Kawhi Leonard. Like there's just there's something about him and they've never managed it correctly. So I, I don't trust either team, honestly. That's why the injury report tonight is gonna be interesting to me. Yeah, it is. Uh I I, I was fascinated by it and it was the story of the night last night. And uh look, I thought a lazy loss for the Clippers, but uh no real um no real like earth shattering analysis coming out of it other than like, I think they went in there and tried to like, Oh, we're just going to beat up on the Lakers. They're not playing well. And, and, and by the way, it was Kawhi Leonard's worst game and they were still within one possession, like down in the fourth quarter, probably could have won if Kawhi Leonard wasn't playing like ass. So yeah. And the Lakers are like Atlanta Hawksian in a way this year where it's like they're losing to everyone. And then, you know, they go out and smoke the thunder on the road and they beat the Clippers yep. at home. Like there's no, it's, there's no real <laughs> rhyme or reason with them at all. Yeah. And it's a it's a it's a rivalry spot. The Lakers know how like how lopsided it's been. I think that was one they probably had circled and ready to go. And uh, when you have one opponent giving it all, and uh, you just kind of going through the motions, it's going to happen. All right, uh, we'll take our break. Let's come back, and um, you know what? Let's talk about that game since we just talked about the Suns and the Clippers. Um, we can talk a little bit about it. The numbers slowly moving in the favor of the Clippers, and what we expect tonight in that one, and more as we break down a very short card in the association. Here are three reasons Zinn is America's number one nicotine pouch. We use food-grade ingredients. We have a wide selection of varieties, and they all come in two strengths. Find Zinn at a store near you. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. So pretty easy, right? I think you're just kind of waiting for the injury report. I will say, when I woke up this morning and I saw the overnight line and 
I was like, ooh, five and a half. That should probably move in favor of the Clippers because here's the Zach. They were laying three and a half the other day in yep. Phoenix. Now I get that Kevin Durant wasn't playing, but still, even if Durant's on the floor, this should be a number of like I had it. All right, if we're at three and a half on the road in Phoenix, this probably should be closer to like six and a half, seven if we're back in L.A. So mo- numbers moving in that direction. As you said, we haven't seen the injury report yet, um, but I'll, I'll do this. If everybody's playing and the number's five and a half, what do you think? I wouldn't take it. I, I think I would need six and a half, seven if I want to take yeah. the Suns on the road. What What do you have as Durant's value to the spread? Just under four points. I got okay. it at like three point eight points. Okay, so you 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 think it would have been closer to pick him if you played in that game in in Phoenix? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yep. That he's the one the I'm. He's the one I'm Go worried ahead. about. I yep. mean, in terms of the injuries, because after the game they asked him about his hamstring, and he was like, "Yeah, I made it through the game." Like, like not the most inspiring. You know, answer in the world. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Um, the vibes are off for the Phoenix Suns too. Like that's the other thing. Um, coming off of that, I would expect like a spirited effort coming off of a, a bad loss like that to Memphis. Uh, by the way, we should mention a Memphis Grizzlies team that didn't have John Morant, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was <laughs> so it was bad. So it was pretty <laughs> bad to blow that game uh, to the Grizzlies. So you'd expect maybe a, a full throated effort, but this is one where actually I think this is kind of like the day today. This is just one of many games where it's just like, all right, let's see what the injury report holds. Uh, let's see what these questionables hold, and, and let's go from there because there were a couple of games like this. So I think it's easy analysis to just kind of scratch this off and wait until we see what the injury report's going to look like. And I swear to Buddha, um, if Kawhi Leonard's not going to play today, you, you've got some real questions to answer about the way you handled that game yesterday, especially a divisional game. Like, it's an important yeah. game. 100%. I, I would I would say like I have like a slight lean to the under. I think it's a pretty sure. high number for two teams that I don't think play you know all that fast. I know that the Suns are horrible defensively, but they do play very slow. I know they lost Chris Paul, but the pace has not left with him. No, you're right. And actually, so you guys nailed it on Friday. The lone blemish for me on Friday was the Pelicans game. I bet that over, right? Pelicans and Clippers. That thing was like went well under the total um, because they just suffocated the life out of the Pelicans there, and they played at a slow pace. And then so I extended that logic to last night. One of the bets that I had had was Lakers team total under 113 and a half. Didn't really come close to kind of pushing toward that number at all. And it's a lot of it has to do with the pace and the Clippers are good at dictating pace. Suns are in the bottom. They're like mid twenties, right. In terms of pace yeah. as well. So unless you're getting some hyper efficiency from these guys, uh, it would be a good look to potentially bet this thing under, but the market's hanging up some somewhat high totals and they're betting these Clippers games over, right? Like mm-hmm. I was a part of the over money on Friday. We saw the game yesterday, get bet over. And now here we have this getting bet over as well from 227 and a half up to 230. So a uh, market at least thinks Clippers games are, are higher scoring than what they really are. So yeah. at least a, a trend to keep track of. Uh, anything else there? Player prop, nothing? Want to move on? No, nothing there. All right, we move on then. Chicago on the road against Charlotte. Chicago, I got an opener of what? Six and a half in favor of Chicago with a total of 216 and a half. Pretty much where we're at right now. Um, I found this one easy to go next. Uh, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I, I pretty much just completely skipped this game. I mean, I, I, I saw the number on the total and I thought that maybe there's an over there because I do think that the bulls are going to be a little worse defensively without, you know, with Levine in there and a little better offensively with Levine in there. So yep. I do see an opportunity for this to be a little more high scoring than we think, but man, that's a low number. I mean, I feel like they're kind of trying to get you to take the over. So I don't want, I don't want to yep. take the bait. Agreed. And, uh, you know, obviously with the Hornets, the injuries are just countless um, with all these guys still out. You know, LaMelo and Hayward, PJ Washington, Mark Williams, Frank Milikina. So it's been a hard team for me to get a read on for the Charlotte Hornets. I think we talked about them a little bit the other day. So I got nothing. Every player that a general NBA fan would know on the Hornets is injured. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right, next up. Now, this game did interest me, but the injury report, of course, kept me off. So I saw this opener. I was hoping, actually, the market would do what it usually does here for Boston and Indiana, which is Indiana. They lost. They failed to cover the first one. Of course, they got to play well and, and cover this one. So I was ready to go in and lay this thing with the Boston Celtics. Problem is, is uh, we don't know who's going to play in terms of some key players. We know that Christoph Porzingis at last look is questionable. Same thing with Jason Tatum. Bruce Brown, who missed the first game, is questionable. Would expect that maybe he plays here. Uh, Andrew Nembhard is questionable as well for the Pacers. But I, I just think this is one where I'm just going to keep my eye on this, I guess, and Tatum and Porzingis. That's a pretty low number for a Celtics team that went in there and just kind of held them at arm's length and bullied them a bit um, on what, Friday night and took care of business? Or was it Saturday? Saturday. Saturday. Um, yeah, so you and I were both there. A any other thoughts on that? Like if Tatum and Porzingis play, I think if we're talking about, what, six and a half still, I think it's still a play here on Boston. Yeah, for sure. You and I spoke about this on Live Bet Saturday. You asked me if I was going right. to you know, play this game any certain way because of the Celtics potentially beating up on them Saturday night. But, yeah, I mean, this isn't a bad idea to just grab the number at minus three and a half and hope for the best because, I mean, I, sure. it's available out there. Like you said, like if Tatum and Porzingis do end up playing, and I don't really see any reason they wouldn't, it probably moves to six at least. And we just saw him manhandle Indiana. So I kind of do think this is a decent opportunity to just grab the number and just hope that these guys are in the in the lineup. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. For, I haven't put up the column yet, so I think that's what I'm going to put up mm -hmm. uh, you know, and play here is the Celtics because I think that's really the only like viable option for me up on the board today. And when you talk about the, the ability to potentially still win this game without both of them, I'll go back to Friday night, right? Blazers and Mavericks. I get the uh, you get burned right because Luka Doncic is and ended up playing. Mavericks ended up still winning that game by like thirty points. So yeah. it's it's just a matchup I think that works in their favor, much similar to what we saw there between those two teams. So yeah, I think in a matchup like this, it's almost more important that Holiday and White are out there because they yes. really did a great job on Halliburton. They kept held him to five of seventeen shooting from the floor, two of nine from three. So as long as those guys are out there and you get one of the two that are questionable in the lineup, I think Boston probably handles its business. Yep. Yeah, the way I put it, I think on Saturday was you're going to get a team that's going to win more defensive possessions than the average squad against Indiana while also being able to beat up on one of the worst defenses in the NBA. And that'll help you out as long as you get those backcourt pieces defensively. All right, next up, OKC in Washington. OKC up to a 12-point favorite, totals up to 247. Uh, this is a tempting side as well, I will somewhat admit, uh, going in and, and backing the Washington Wizards, catching 12 points. I know we've kind of been on a similar wavelength when it comes to this team especially at home catching big numbers um did not work out the other night against the new york knicks right i think the knicks went in there and pasted them yeah can they do it here against okc as the numbers continue to grow i'm gonna be tempted every night i see this and i'm just yep, gonna have right? to lay off because i did it twice in a row against the Cavs. got blown out both games they did it again i think i told you that i would have played the wizards if i had to play something in that knicks game and they're just not a competitive basketball team so it's nope. I, I honestly like like Jordan Poole is like the worst player in the NBA right now, potentially like considering the minutes, the usage, like what they need of him and what he's giving them. Like there might be an argument for him to be the least productive player in basketball. I think so. Actually, like it's, it's all the empty calories, everything. It's, yep. it's absolutely nuts watching this thing. Um, it's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I just got, I just got blindsided and, and um, <laughs> distracted. I didn't see that warriors Draymond green, uh, said that, uh, I guess, in an emotional conversation with Adam Silver, Adam Silver had to talk him out of retiring instead of coming oh. back for the Golden State Warriors. Like, he's wow. such a victim. 
<laughs> yeah, he said, if, if, if I can't play aggressive basketball, I don't want to come back and play at all. God, what a, <laughs> whatever. All right, next up. Oh, wait, sorry. Miami. I, go ahead, I, go ahead. I, sorry. I did have Jalen Williams over one and a half made threes, which okay. I thought was oddly high at plus 170. He's made at least two in six of his last eight games, shooting 43.8% from three this season. He doesn't take a lot of threes, I think is really the issue there, but I don't know. Like That seems like a really low number for a good shooter. I think that maybe they're thinking that the Thunder blow him out and he only plays like 25 minutes or so, but I would like his chances of making two threes even even in a shorter game. Sure. I mean, it's going to be a high-possession shorter game anyway, too, so you're still going to have a pretty good shot at that. Um, All right, good. Next up, Houston-Miami. Miami, a four-point favorite right now, total of 220. This thing's been bet up from 216.5. Markets come down. Uh, This opened up five. Uh, Injury report, of course. Still no Jimmy Butler for the Miami Heat. Tonight, Kyle Lowry probable, but Caleb Martin doubtful. And for the Houston Rockets, usual crew up on the injury report, Dylan Brooks, Tari Eason, all not playing here against the Miami Heat. I didn't have anything here at all. Uh, I haven't had a really good read on this Rockets team. I know that they've been very poor on the road. I actually kind of initially thought to look at Miami, uh, given the fact that these lesser defensive, you know, or excuse me, there's going to be lesser lesser defensive pieces on the floor for Houston. Right, Cam Whitmore's been getting minutes, and Jalen Green's been playing because these good guys are are not out there. Uh, I totally understand betting this thing over, right? Uh, Opening up 216.5 and up to 220 because some of the best defenders aren't going to be out there on the floor. Um, So I think that it was going to be Miami and over for me here, but I haven't bet anything. I did take the points with the Rockets. I know that they're missing some key guys defensively, but I do think that the defensive principles of the team are to defend a three-point line. And I do think that that's really all Miami has right now without Butler. I think that, you know, you're going to get Bam out of bio, probably scoring in the paint against uh, Shangoon. But I think the Rockets will probably take that if they're doing a good job on the shooters. So I thought this is a decent matchup for them, especially because I think that Shangoon is going to do a good job of scoring on out of IO. That kind of takes away your best defensive player if you're Miami. And I don't think that the Heat defend the perimeter all that well. So I think that this is a decent matchup for the Rockets, really only because Butler is not going to be out there. Well, you won't find any argument for me because my feelings were not very strong. So – uh, sounds good to me, and I hope you get it because I won't be involved to take that much. <laughs> All right, now this one was one that I felt somewhat strongly about. However, Damian Lillard is not going to play for personal reasons today, um, so he is out. We know that Giannis is going to play and pretty much everybody else. The problem, too, though, is um, looks like campaign got added because of concussion protocol, so the point guard spot's going to be a little bit of a nightmare for Milwaukee, so I got out of this thing. I was ready to come in and, and lay it down with the Bucks against Utah, if they were going to be at relative full strength, even if I was going to get campaign, I think I was going to be ready to play this, uh, but not the case. So I can't do it. And I know, are you on the jazz here today? I am. I, I grabbed the nine. I would still play it at eight and a half. And I said in my story, I'd probably play it down to seven and a half. I do think that not having a point guard out there is going to hurt Milwaukee. <laughs> I know that, you know, it's interesting because they might be a better defensive team without this, you know, sure. without these point guards out there. But that was part of my logic too, by the way. Yep. But I do think that like, I don't want to say Milwaukee's broken, but they're not playing well defensively right now. And I do think that a team that works really hard on both ends of the floor is going to be kind of tough for them to deal with. I don't think that's what they want to deal with right now. Jazz are the best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. So I think that they're going to hit the glass hard, kind of make Milwaukee work harder than they want to. And they've been playing really well defensively over the course of these last three or four weeks, you know, top, I think they're 11th in the league in defensive rating in, in this recent run. So I think they're going to do a decent job of slowing Milwaukee down, especially with no Dame. I just thought this was a lot of points for a team that's playing well. Although, you know, they got 
they got routed by Boston the other day, but yeah, bounced back with a win against the Sixers. Yeah, no, I don't, I do, I don't disagree with that one at all. I'm, I'm really interested to see who's going to run point because if you're talking about defending a pick and roll with whoever, like I guess you have the Chris Middleton Giannis uh, pick and roll, but outside of that, I mean, if anybody's running the pick and roll with Giannis. I mean, you're just doubling on. Like, you don't care. Like, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead, ball handler. Do whatever you want. Like, our our whole thing now is just stopping Giannis. And yeah. it's easier said than done. But schematically, if you can just key on him with no threat at all from the ball handler in some of those situations, I mean, it's going to make life nightmare for the Milwaukee Bucks. Definitely. I, I, I am worried about the Bucks again. Like, I, like I was sure. earlier in the season. They kind of, you know, played some good basketball for two, three weeks there where they were playing a little bit better on the defensive end. But these last few games have been ugly. Yeah, I don't disagree. Uh, like I said the other day, I like my uh, I like my 76ers, you know, finals <laughs> taking more and more because and the 76ers have not been great either. Um, they're, these last couple of games have been a little fun- funky for them. But regardless, I do think that they're solidly the second best team in the, uh, the Eastern Conference at this point right now. All right. Really quickly. Best bet recap. I'll go quick because I only got one. I'm going to lay that with Boston. I think that's going to be it for me here. Mm-hmm. I don't like this card too much. Uh, the Clippers game has a lot of noise until we find out what the injury report's going to be. Everything else, uh, it's got a little bit too much volatility for me to touch. So Celtics, minus three and a half. Yep. And I have the Jazz plus nine, Rockets plus four, and Jalen Williams over one and a half made threes. I only put a half unit on that, but plus 170 odds, which I think are great. All right, really quick before we get out of here, because I know you got to run. Um, I wanted to hit something just really quickly. So we got the news over the weekend. It was interesting around Pascal Siakam. So there was a report that the Kings were sniffing around Pascal Siakam. And then like an hour later, there was a report that the Kings had pulled out of the Pascal Siakam trade. I saw something late last night, early this morning, that that Pascal Siakam is expected to be dealt by the end of the month, which is, I guess, something interesting. So it does seem pretty certain that Toronto... After immediately after the trade, there was like, no, 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 they're going to see how this works with, uh, you know, with Pascal. It, I would assume they're getting some sort of indication from Siakam. He's like, nah, I'm, I'm out. So you guys might as well trade me. So it does seem that we're getting pretty quick here and it's picking up in terms of the Pascal Siakam on his way out from Toronto news. Yeah, I thought that was really weird how fast that report was taken back. I mean, I, w- I would say like, I, I don't really see a reason for the Raptors to deal with them if they're not getting Murray. Like, I don't think the Kings are a good trade partner. Like, the reported package is. Barnes, Herder, and like Davion Mitchell. Like I don't see what that does for. Here's Toronto. this bag of basketballs yeah, for the yeah. uh, for the All Star. <laughs> yeah, like they need like the reason you trade Siakam is because he doesn't fit your timeline. So why would you bring in guys that are on a similar timeline to him? So right, I don't know. Like I actually really like the way this Raptors team is playing with Siakam. Like I think that they look like a legitimate Eastern Conference playoff team. But obviously, you know that's not enough. He's going to want to go contend somewhere, but. Yeah, that's not the package, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. So that's just interesting. Um, and I will say this. I mean, I bet the Raptors win total under, and I don't know if I'm I, – I bet it because I thought they were going to ship off, you know, Pascal Siakam and, and uh, OG Ananobi. I thought the tact would be more draft picks and compensation like that. But if they're going to get another, like, young piece out of this Pascal deal, I'm with you. Like, one of the things I tweeted out yesterday and one of the, the things that I've been rolling with here are those Toronto team total overs or mm-hmm. the game overs. They've been playing quicker. They're more efficient in the half court. Uh, they're just looking better offensively with quickly and RJ and RJ Barrett. I want to equally yeah. make sure I note that RJ Barrett's played very well for them too. And so this looks like a really competitive team. And if they're going to get super young and super quick and just kind of become like a, like a poor man's Indiana Pacers, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if that's going to be the case. So I'm very interested to see what they get for Siakam, if that's true, that he's going to be gone here pretty soon. 
Yeah, that trade might go down as like an ultimate win-win because I think that, you know, yeah. for the Knicks, it made more sense to pay OG, what, $35 million next year as opposed to paying the other two combined 50 But it might make more sense for the Raptors. I mean, RJ has looked a lot better freed of expectations uh, in Toronto, and I think that that's going to be a huge factor for them if he ends up you know, being a plus-level player. Yep. Uh, from Sham Sharani, quote, I'm told the Raptors and Kings were in active conversations about a Pascal Siakam trade revolving around Harrison Barnes at this point. The only way it ignites is if Toronto comes back to Sacramento. Yeah, it's a really bad deal. I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like the deal that needs to be made is is the Siakam for Kaminga and some package from the Warriors. Sure. I mean, I wouldn't like it because I'm tired of the Warriors winning. <laughs> but it would be very, very interesting. And then we have, you know, the the floating around the Brooklyn Nets who are just in kind of in a nosedive right now. And yeah. that's going to be pretty fascinating. So we're getting close to trade deadline. And we're coming up, what, next Sunday is the – what is the, what is on next Sunday? It's – um. It's like the limited the players you can't trade all of a sudden become tradable. Well, yeah, right? the, the, the players, players signed over the summer. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Yeah, yeah. So that that opens up the door for a lot more uh, in terms of deals and whatnot. Which again, I go back. I think it's going to be a win win, but I don't know why the the Raptors traded OG and Anobi so quickly. But yeah, that's neither here nor there. Maybe they just really like the manual quickly. <laughs> so could like you said, could be a win win. Uh, all right, anything else? We're short and sweet today. No, I could do trade machine stuff all day. So Dude, <laughs> you got to stop me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm down with that. And by the way, in a month, I'm just going to throw this out there. I think in a month, especially around all-star break, right? Because that's coming up in about a month or so. Um, in the week off, we should totally have like a, an NBA draft primer kind of get. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. We should you do, know we should I mean? do like a trade, de- a trade deadline thing for ourselves too. Hell yeah. <laughs> Wait, when is the trade deadline this year? I don't know. Uh, it's always February, right? It's before the all-star break though, right? So it's coming up. Checking it out. February 8th. Yeah, so that's before. Yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. All right. We yeah, might it has no that. betting implications, but we should just do it anyway for fun. No. Well, that's. <laughs> I think I've, I've made the joke a thousand times, but my favorite thing about our network, I love everybody we work with, but it's like post-trade deadline, I, I get like a thousand requests, and then everyone's like, all right, so who are you betting now? And it's like... <laughs> Actually, nobody, guys. Like, this is all kind of baked in. There's no real, like, <laughs> yeah. there's no real, like, tact to take right now. So, in reality, they should have us on the week before the trade deadline. Yeah. Because that's when you start speculating. You're like, well, it sounds like this. So then maybe take a future on this or blah, blah, blah. You know, it's part of the reason why I have that 76ers ticket. One, I thought they were good, but the other is they've got to go get somebody. Yeah. Oh, that was the other bit of news really quickly. That's that just hit me. Um, they are out reportedly on yeah that was what i think i said that to you and kelly that was why like i find it hard to take the sixers because i do think they need to make another deal and they have the assets but i guess they have a lot of max they have max contract space this summer so they're just going to pick their guy well they've been tied to somebody dejounte murray oh okay which is i don't don't know i mean because here's the thing i will say this DeJounte Murray at least would be able to be the lead point guard. Like mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey is a good off-ball guard too. So like you can you can functionally work with DeJounte Murray as your lead guard and having Tyrese Maxey off-ball. I mean, that's what he played off of James Harden. Those yeah. lineups were awesome. So like I think that still works. So I, I don't really hate it as much as putting him with like Trey Young, right? Which yeah. is it was just like oil and water. Like those two things don't fit. So I kind of get it. The, the problem is, as everybody points out too, DeJounte Murray has a reputation as being like this really good on-ball defender. I don't think he is. Yeah. So maybe he gets better in Philadelphia. But I think that's not the worst trade in the world if you're buying him for like 75 cents on the dollar. Yeah, he's not a good defender. He does have a reputation right. like that. It's weird because the Spurs have a few guys who had like 
a good defensive season or two earlier in their careers, him and Keldon Johnson, who both yep. have good, good reputations as defenders. They're not good defenders. Um, I don't know. I guess I just don't want to see them take the ball out of Maxie's hands too much. And I think that Murray's reluctance to shoot catch and, sh- catch and shoot threes makes him a tough fit next to a, you know, a guard that needs the ball in his hands. I think that he needs to be running his own show to be at sure. his most effective too. Yeah. I, well, I think of the deals that are out there, I, I don't not hate it. Because mm-hmm. I actually thought, as we've discussed, I, I thought Philly was going to go get OG. Like, I was yeah. really hoping that that was going to be the case because I think that's a seamless fit for what they kind of need. But we'll see because that's, uh, that's the name that's being thrown out there. I, and, by the way, I hope it's better than – like, I don't want Zach Levine for Philly. I don't think that makes mm-hmm. any sense. A DeJounte Murray type at least makes some sense. I'm higher on Levine than most, but for Philly doesn't make sense because they do have the cap space this summer. They should go in with, you know, some flexibility and that's going to be one of the most desirable locations. So, yep. And by the way, DeJounte Murray, part of the deal too, in which I like it is his contract's actually pretty nice for a player of his caliber. So that does fit into whatever. All right. Like you said, we could do this forever. I I don't want to waste any more time. I know you got a busy day. Uh, So please, Hey, uh, last few weeks have been awesome in terms of, um, uh, interaction for the show, for the columns, everything like that. So um, please like, rate, review, subscribe. We always appreciate that. And uh, check out everything up at the website at vcin.com. Zach's column's up every day. My column's now up every single day. And um, yeah, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up, including tennis. Does tennis season start soon? Yes, or tennis, season, tennis season started. Australian okay. Open starts next week. So Is that I'll the first a... major? Is that a yes. major? Yes. Okay, it's okay. weird because it's like the season almost starts with a major. Like it's kind of okay. crazy, but I actually yeah. like Australian Open because it's obviously it's late at night. So like uh, yeah. for me, who's been a night owl in the past, <laughs> like especially in my teen years, for whatever reason, like I watched a lot of Australian Open just because it was always up or it was, I was always mm-hmm. up at that time and watching stuff. So I enjoy the Australian. Yeah. I'll have a ton up on the site for the Australian Open. I'll, I'll have some videos. I'll have a, I'll have a pre-tournament betting guide and daily best bets. Good, good. So yeah. check out that. And uh, Zach, I'm going to say now, uh, we'll be on live at Saturday uh, this coming week so we yep. can talk a little Australian Open as well. Um, so yeah, part of the many, many things we have up in terms of content and of course with the NFL playoffs starting soon, um, that is all over the place up on the website <laughs> of Easton.com. But please, like, rate, review, subscribe to the pod and we will talk to you tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicappers. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 